Boys and girls, I'm coming off my worst week of the season. It was a bloodbath. But you know the drill. You fall off the horse, you get right back in the saddle. I'm feeling great about this week's NFL card. If you follow me on social media, you know I'm dabbling on the NBA. And hey, I'm hot. 8-2 and two in college football the last two weeks. And Andrew Lynch, today's a special day. It is the start of 27 straight days of pro and college football on TV. Let's go! Welcome back to another edition of Coming Up Winners, your favorite sports gambling podcast. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Let me just start off by saying I just got off the phone with a sportsbook manager in Vegas about betting early in the week versus late in the week. Very interesting situation developing around one NFL game. You're definitely going to want to hear that. We're going to get into it soon. Lynch, I want to start with you. Big week in the World Series. Are you dabbling on Dodgers, Red Sox at all? Yeah, I'm still hoping my uh, Yankees to win the AL bet cashes. Um, <laughs> someone let me know if they know whether that's going to work out or not. But yeah, I mean, a lot of lot of scoring in baseball this week. Uh, I've been going over, and it's been cashing so far. So let's just keep getting these runs. And at this point, I'm kind of rooting for a Boston sweep. Don't, t- don't tell anyone here in Los Angeles. <laughs> Maybe producer Conrad will give us some sunbelt picks because he's back with a vengeance. We'll get into all that and much more soon, folks. But we're going to start here with put up or shut up. You know the drill. You drop the hashtag on social media. You pick the game. I pick the side. Folks, we got more put up or shut up games this week than ever before. I don't know if that's because I went 0-2 last week and you're like, let me get in McIntyre's pockets. Probably. Yes, that's probably what happened. But I'm telling you. I actually feel really good about this week. I had, you know, went to my yoga class this week, 6 a.m. yoga. I'm in a zen feeling. I've cleared out all the negative energy. Let's get started. Put up or shut up. Producer Conrad, game one. Give it to me. So we have at Fraction James. (laughs) He's looking at an NFL game here, J-Mac. We have New Orleans at Minnesota, minus one. Okay, now this is interesting because the line has been moving, okay? And I believe Lynch had opened up. Vikings favored by one and a half. Yes, sir. And as of we're now recording this at uh, 1030 Eastern Pacific time on Thursday, I'm seeing pick them at the Westgate in Vegas. And it swung in both directions. Uh, some books had this as New Orleans minus one earlier in the week before the injury report started coming out. So this line has been, it hasn't moved a ton in terms of magnitude. It hasn't gotten to two in either direction, but it has swung back and forth in uh, to either team. I feel bad for Fraction James because uh, he's going to get stuck with the Minnesota Vikings here. I am going with the Saints. Lynch, the Vikings injury report is very bad and it's very real. Okay, Dalvin Cook can't get healthy. We don't know if he's going to be a go. Xavier Rhodes, their top cornerback, he looks like he's going to be out. Okay, And who's going to be guarding Michael Thomas, one of the best receivers in the NFL? Anthony Barr, uh, pass rusher of the Vikings defense, the guy who... Uh, wrecked Aaron Rodgers last year. He's got a hamstring injury. Doesn't look like he'll play. Again, you're going to want to keep looking at the injury report. I just I think this is Saints or nothing. I've got to go Saints here. So, uh, Fraction James, good luck with the Vikings. Next up, we have at Schwarns 3. He's looking at Baltimore minus 2 at Carolina. 
Thank you for this one. Another game I love. I'm actually taking this in the Super Contest. No doubt about this one, folks. I'm all in on the Baltimore Ravens here. This is a great spot, Lynch. We talk about spots frequently. Carolina coming off that mesmerizing win in Philadelphia. Down 17-0 in the fourth quarter, and they storm back and win against the defending champs. Meanwhile, you got Baltimore losing at home to the Saints, which wasn't a bad loss. You dig into that game closer, Baltimore was right there. Okay, I love Baltimore here, favored by two. I think this is going to go up closer to kickoff. Lynch, you have a good note on this game. And remember what he said. If you miss Monday's podcast, Lynch dropped something. I haven't heard it anywhere else yet. Lynch, tell us what you're seeing with this game. So this is a game that uh, features two teams that are top 10 in DVOA, which is a stat that we cite here a lot that kind of normalizes for the game situation, your opponent, all of that good stuff. When you have So far this season, when you have two top 10 teams matching up against each other, the team that has the best elite unit, that is the team that can do whatever they do at the top level, they do that the very best. They are 15-6-1 against the spread this year. So what that means for this game in particular, the Ravens, they hang their hat on defense, obviously. They have the third best defense in the NFL. They're, they're 14% better than the average defense so far this season. The Panthers hang their hat on offense, but they have the ninth best offense, and they're 11% better. That 14% number is bigger than that 11% number. The Ravens, are they have the most elite unit in this game of all the sides of the ball. So I think it's Baltimore here. Um, I, I love this bet for you, J-Mac. Uh, thank you. That's good to know. Now, I just want to point out... Uh, I have struggled with the Ravens of late. I had them against Cleveland. They, of course, blew that one in overtime. And I had them against the Saints last week. That was a brutal non-cover. Carolina Panthers fans are excited about that win over the Eagles. You look at that game. People were saying Carson Wentz looked better than he has all season. 30 of 37 passing. Uh, Listen, this is a Panthers defense that's not very good. I think Joe Flacco can get well here. These are the quarterbacks Carolina has faced. Dak Prescott. Andy Dalton, Eli Manning, Alex Smith. Like, that's not a murderer's row of quarterbacks. I think this is a great spot for Joe Flacco. Give me the Ravens. Producer Conrad, the third and final game in hashtag put up or shut up is... We have at Dr. Z Dre. He wants an NBA game tonight. Woo! The Denver Nuggets at the Lakers. Lakers are plus three. I love how excited you get to gamble on the NBA. That yes. was it's just it makes my day. Yeah. Well, I actually I have been trying an experiment on the big lead, trying to gamble every night on the NBA. That has not started well. However, Wednesday night I did well, went three and one. Lynch, you're a big NBA fan. I mean, my eyes kind of lit up at this. You guys know I'm all in on the Lakers. I've been watching every game, but this has to be Denver. Yeah, I think I, I want to double down on that. We both like the Lakers' long-term prospectus. I mean, LeBron James is LeBron James. But who in the world is going, particularly in the Lakers' world, is going to guard Nikola Jokic tonight? Yeah. Who? Who? He's a killer. Who? And like, and like NFL fans listening to this are going to be like, how is he any good? Like, he's nothing special because he plays in a small market. I just want to point out, LaMarcus Aldridge had 37 
on the Lakers a couple days ago. For the NFL fans out there that might not be like huge NBA fans, this would be like if prime Bo Jackson were going up against like my Arizona Wildcats defense. <laughs> like it's just, I I don't know who's going to be able to even slow him down. Denver is the second best team in the league in defense. Now, I know the Lakers can score. It's going to be a track meet. They did play last night in Phoenix, a really impressive win. Got to rest their starters in the fourth. But I got to take Denver favored by, I'm seeing three. Do we want to go with three? All right, there it is. Your three games in put up or shut up. Remember, top 25 college football games, NFL games, and we will do a Thursday or Friday NBA game this week. I've got the Saints against the Vikings. I've got Baltimore against Carolina, and I'm riding with the Nuggets against the Lakers. All right, the next segment we've got is Good Bet, Bad Bet. We break down games that we think there's some value in. Lynch, I got to say, we were slaughtered in this department last week, almost embarrassingly so. And uh, this week is interesting. Remember last week, the number was something like 10 of 15 games were separated by a spread of three this week, I think there's five games over a touchdown. Yeah, earlier in the week there were seven. It's a uh, it's Woo! it's it's an interesting play. But that's real quick. That's reflective of where we are in the NFL, right? There are definitely some haves and some have-nots in this league. And if you have an elite offense, that's almost enough to carry you to a, a six and a half point spread or six and a half point favorite. Week in, week out. And we're starting to see some separation, as you said. Seven weeks is a bigger sample size than three. Remember how the Miami Dolphins were so hot early in the season like nobody's talking about them anymore so let's get into the first game obviously the I guess the best game I mean a lot of people say Viking Saints but I think for TV value the undefeated Rams hosting the Green Bay Packers that's on Fox on Sunday I'm gonna start here Lynch uh I actually don't love Green Bay at all but I crazily think off a bye Mike McCarthy kitchen sink game. We know he's under some pressure. They play the Patriots next week. Uh, McCarthy better not get blown out here and then lose badly to the Patriots, or he may not make it to Thanksgiving, right? We we know McCarthy and Rodgers have a checkered past. My concern about the Packers is their defense. Okay, since they shut out Buffalo, they give up 31 to the Lions and 30 to C.J. Beathard. The Rams either have the best or second best offense, whatever you want to say, with the Chiefs. In the league, they're at home for the first time in a month. This kind of smells like a bloodbath. It definitely smells like a bloodbath. This line opened at 10 and a half. Uh, the Rams were favored. It's come down to nine and a half at most places. And I just want to give a special thank you to those betters who have got that number down because that's there's just free money there. Um, we talk a lot about fading John Gruden. I almost fade Mike McCarthy as hard Ooh. as I fade John Gruden. And to your point, there's a very specific matchup here that is going to kill the Packers. The Rams have the best run-blocking offensive line in the NFL. The Packers are 29th in defensive rushing DVOA. The Rams have the best total rushing DVOA in the NFL. They're going to chew up yardage on the ground. The Packers are going to have to overcompensate to try to slow down Todd Gurley, and that's going to open up the passing game. This is probably a two-touchdown game for the Rams, and everyone's talking about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, the biggest number he's ever faced. Aaron Rodgers, oh, you can always trust him to come in the back door to you know get the Packers the cover. Aaron Rodgers' QBR this year, 55.9. He's 18th in the NFL, tied with Marcus Mariota, Ooh. and just ahead of Dak Prescott. 
how much of that has to do with missing his top receivers the last couple weeks? They've had some injuries. Sure, it very right? much is a catch-all for what ails the Packers in general offensively. But it's to me, what it's saying is Rodgers is not able to save this team to this point in the season as he has in previous years. So I love the Rams at, at less than double digits here. Okay, so now you, you made a good point. This feels like a two-touchdown game. Why is Vegas not giving the 10 a key number? But they're willing to give nine and a half. Why do you feel they're maybe drawing the line there? Um, I would I would think people might be saying that the Rams are due for a loss here. Um, again, Aaron Rodgers, very public name. Packers, a very public team. It's just easy to bet on the Packers, and I think that number is key, that trend is keeping this number right around nine and a half. I would not be surprised to see it tick yeah. up to 10 closer to game so, time. So uh, let me just quickly, quickly give you my strategy. I wouldn't take either side in the super contest here. But if I'm going to the window and I see Packers plus 350 on the money line, is that is there any value just on the name of Aaron Rodgers and taking 350? Did you play the Mega Millions? <laughs> you knew you were going to lose, I did. right? Yes, you knew you yes, were going to yes. lose. So, you know. What a timely analogy, Lynch. Very well said. All right, next up, let's go to a game that I uh, I really want to bet. I just Do don't know if I can pull the trigger, man. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they get a home game in London, right? We're, we're calling this a home game because they played there, I believe, six times. They're against the Eagles, who have never been to London. Now, we know the travel situation is big. This is a body clock special we gave out a couple weeks ago in Seattle, Oakland. Uh, Jacksonville's been an underdog the last three times they went to London. What happened? They won all those games outright, and I, I've just got to wonder. Listen, this is an Eagles team that has a lot of issues. I don't know if you want to call it a Super Bowl hangover, Lynch, but let me ask you this. Were you aware that the Eagles secondary is so beat up, they pulled a guy off the street and started him in the slot last week against the Carolina Panthers? Dexter McDougal, I believe he's a former Jet. He joined the team and started at the slot cornerback. Uh, you know, I mean, can the Jacksonville Jaguars take advantage of this? I, I All signs point to Philly. The public is 81%, at least according to one side I saw. 81% on the reeling Jaguars who have the internal dysfunction. Blake Bortles was benched. Listen, if you're a guy who likes to fade the public with something we talk about here frequently, you've got to be on Jacksonville. I am not a guy who likes to fade the public, <laughs> but I am on Jacksonville. Whoa! Yeah, no. I, listen, I, I don't think it is a huge consideration, but the fact that Jacksonville is familiar with the process of playing a game in London that matters. Furthermore, and what matters more to me really, is that Jacksonville's defense, while they've had a couple stinkers this season, they're still capable of being elite. Coming into week eight, according to Football Outsiders DVOA, they're seventh overall defensively still, ninth against the pass, seventh against the rush. And this Eagles offense, obviously, you know, they've been, they had started Nick Foles at the beginning of the year. Carson Wentz has had to round into form a little bit. But they've struggled outside of that one impressive showing against the Giants. Yeah. They, you know, they haven't really been the Eagles' offense that we've seen in the past. So I like Jacksonville here. 
it's the line is you're actually laying minus 115 to take Philly at minus three right now. So that to me is an indication it's probably going to tick up to three and a half. At three and a, you so so if you like Jacksonville, you would suggest waiting. And this is and because it's a very safe weight, you know that that number is not going to come down to two and a half. So you can feel confident waiting to see if you get the three and a half. And if not, you you take the three. In my opinion, now it's interesting when people see ja- uh, Jags seven, Texans twenty from last week, right? And I was on the Jags. It was an embarrassing loss, favored by five. Never sniffed a cover. You look at that game. You know the Texans didn't have a touchdown drive over sixty yards. It's because of the turnovers. I mean, they had a they had a layup uh, in in the third quarter after a Bortles fumble. They got started on a Bortles fumble. I mean, when you're spotting a team points because Blake Bortles is a turnover machine, it's a problem. I will say this, Lynch, the Jags offensive line. Have you seen the video? I think I tweeted this. Jadavian Clowney just wrecking. I'm talking like a bull in a china shop, just destroying the Jags offensive line. They're down to their third string left tackle. And the Eagles have a very good front four. I just, I mean, listen, the, the stat, I think I gave this out two weeks ago. If the Jags score first, they're in good shape. They usually can play defense and ride it to victory. They used that last year. They are winless this season when the opponent scores first. So if you're into in-game betting and the Eagles take a 3-0 lead or a 7-0 lead, I would advise, just based on the last year and change, go with the Eagles. Now, if Jacksonville scores first, maybe they can ride it. I haven't seen an update yet on Leonard Fournette. But, uh, you know, they made the Carlos Hyde trade. I guess he will start this week. It's just, I, I can't back you on Jackson. I mean, again, they've burned me. Uh, twice this season. I, I can't take him here. Speaking of Carlos Hyde, shall we uh, dive into an AFC North matchup? Let's do it. The Cleveland Browns, fresh off a... How do you characterize a loss? When you're plus three in turnover margin, you come back, and you lose in overtime on, I believe, a 59-yard field goal. A Manzellian loss? Ooh, nice, nice turn of the word. Nice turn of the phrase there. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are traveling to Pittsburgh, second straight road game. They're getting, I'm, you know, eight, eight and a half. I, I don't know what exactly the line is now, but there is, there, there's just no appetite at this point for the Cleveland Browns. I want to just, let me ask, something seems fishy here, Lynch. Steelers-Browns open the season in Cleveland. Browns plus five in turnover margin and tie the game. Now, I know it was in the rain. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had like five turnovers or what? It fumbles, interceptions. Cleveland should have won that game. How is this spread eight and a half? Because the Cleveland Browns are a bad football team that only stay in games because they force turnovers. They're, they're a top five defense in forcing turnovers by uh, turnover rate. And they're averaging just under three turnovers per game, 20 turnovers in seven games. And really interesting, uh, via our friends at Odd Shark, over the past three years, teams that force three or more turnovers in a game cover more than 80% of the time against the spread, 82.2% to be exact. The flip side, though, is the Steelers have done a better job this year than in years past of taking care of the football. Mm. Uh, Outside of that week one tie against the Browns, they haven't fumbled much. Uh, Big Ben's really not turning the ball over as much as perhaps his reputation would lead some to believe. That said, you know, if you're leaning Steelers minus eight and a half. It's a big number. It's a big number. I don't think that's a great bet. I think the Browns is my play here. Because I do believe that moving Carlos Hyde, who is a very good running back, 
raises the ceiling on Cleveland's running game pretty significantly because I'm a I'm a believer in Nick Chubb. So big line, not necessarily a game I want to put a ton of money on. Um, but I've bet every Browns game so far this season, and I'm not going to stop in week eight. Yeah, they, I think that's well well said. Like this is a t- it's tough to put a ton of money into this game. Now I'm looking at your your DVOA stat. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 19th in defensive rank. That's not very good. But listen, on the flip side, we're talking about a Browns team, Lynch, that gave up 34 first downs to Jameis Winston, 450 yards of total offense. And if not for, you know, a bucket of Jameis Winston turnovers, I think the Bucks blow them out. And this line's probably 10. So for me, I listen, I love a good underdog. I don't think I can play the Browns here. Let me just wrap up with this question. We saw last week where the public destroyed Vegas, just absolutely won almost every game with a lot of road favorites covering. Do you think this line is inflated a little bit? Maybe because the house said, we know the public's going to come in on the favorite. Let's tick up the Steelers by a point and a half, a point. Because uh, I, I haven't seen a look-ahead line number here. It just It feels high. It feels high because the Browns have played tenacious games to this point where they've been in it until the very end. But again, the Browns, and I say this as someone who is rooting for the Browns to succeed. I, I don't like moribund franchises. I like it when the floor of a sport is fairly high, uh, like in the NBA right now. But I I just don't think this Browns team is very good. So seven and a half, eight and a half against a again a very public team like the Steelers, a well known team with big names on offense. I think that line makes sense. Yeah, Lynch. The last time the Browns won a road game was like three and a half years ago. But they don't have to win; just got to cover. And again, Baker Mayfield coming in the back door down. You know, it's fourteen late. You get that cheesy touchdown. So, so there it is. I, I, I just. These are tough. The, the big numbers are tough. I'm. Uh, I would sidestep Rams Packers, but maybe go Green Bay on the money line just for bleeps and giggles. Jags Eagles. If I had to pick a side here, I would go with the Eagles. Lynch likes the Jags, and then of course Steelers Browns. You know, I'm kind of leaning Steelers, but it's tough to make that a play. Lynch is Lynch is all in on the Baker Mayfield train. Choo choo. All right, I'll call the two grand. I'll gamble. I'll splash the pot. Thursday night football, not a marquee game, but I think there's a, this is a great game to bet on. The beat-up Miami Dolphins head to the Houston Texans. Texans currently favored by 7.5. The hot Houston Texans, right, Lynch? They've peeled off four straight victories. And the Miami Dolphins come in limping. Listen, this is all you need to know about the Dolphins. They're top two receivers this season. Albert Wilson and Kenny Stills, they will not play. Wilson's on IR out for the season. I believe he was leading the NFL in yards per catch. He just killed the Bears a couple weeks ago. He's out. Kenny Stills is out. The other receiver they're bringing in, Devontae Parker, I believe he was their first-round pick out of Louisville. His agent recently blasted Adam Gaze, the Miami coach. They had to bring up a guy off the practice squad. I'm not going to even try to pretend to pronounce his name. But the Miami Dolphins are a mess. And for me, Lynch, you know, one thing that snuck under the radar, Lamar Miller last week had 100 yards rushing against a good Jacksonville defense. I already mentioned Clowney. 
I, I like Houston here. I know seven and a half is big, but on a short week, beat up. I don't even. I think Miami mails it in. I think Houston rolls here. I love how enthusiastic you are about this game because I am not. That said, I think you're on the right side. I think if if you want to bet the spread here, Houston is the play all day, every day, especially on Thursdays. My, here's my thought process. This is not. I don't know what to do with Miami and Houston. As banged up as Miami is, and as little of a read as I have on Houston, honestly, I don't know what to do with that game at a more than a touchdown spread. So then I'm like, well, I don't want to have money on Brock Osweiler. No stage of my life do I ever want to have money on Brock Osweiler, even though I already have this season. <laughs> but I don't really want to lay more than a touchdown with the Texans either. Yeah. On the other other hand. Houston really is rounding into form. They've moved up to 13th in DVOA from 18th last week. So I come down on, these are two solid defenses. I know that. I'm going under 44 here. I like that. That's my play. I think we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. This feels like a 24 to 9 game. You know, maybe the Dolphins get three field goals. And if it turns into a scoring duel, if it goes over, great. I've got entertaining football to yeah. watch. <laughs> well, also, you love yards per play allowed. Houston now is up to third. I mean, they're starting to shut people down. But then you wonder, wait a second. They just shut down the Bills. And then they shut down Blake Bortles, who was benched. So they shut down Cody Kessler. Can you really get excited about this Houston and that, defense? Th- that is exactly it. That's why I don't have, I don't feel like I have a firm read on Houston. I feel like I have an inkling of what this team is and what they're capable of the rest of the year. I don't know in week eight. So the one fun stat I want to point out. So remember Deshaun Watson killed teams with his legs last year. His longest carry in the last two games. Remember, he's kind of nursing that injury in the chest. Four yards. He's trying to beat you from the pocket. And he's, we know he's not great at doing that. Down to 50% completions last week against the good Jacksonville secondary. Miami's got a good cornerback. I, I just feel like their pass rush has been light. Cameron Wake coming back from the injury. Not getting a ton of pressure. Uh, I believe Charles Harris is out this week. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and lay the 7.5. I know it's a lot. Wouldn't be surprised to see this hit 8 before kickoff. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. You go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. All right, our money line picks. Another segment that we really struggled at last week, Lynch. Don't worry, the college football winners are coming up. But on the money line, listen, there is, I think, real, real, real value in two teams. I'm looking at both of them in the Super Contest. Lynch, I want you to go first because you're seeing something interesting here. Uh, Fire away. So I think it's good to have rules in gambling, but you need to be able to use those rules to then frame where there might be exceptions. And I have been very out on the Seattle Seahawks this year, mostly because of that offensive line. But I really like Seattle plus 130 Mm -hmm. on the road against the Detroit Lions. And I know the Detroit Lions, their reputation is still probably lagging behind their performance so far this season. I think most people, myself probably included, look at the Detroit Lions and they're like, Still the Detroit Lions, still the team that's gone 0-16 in NFL history before. Like, just not a team that I want to get my money on. The Lions have a solid top 10 offense by yards per play. And so that kind of thing makes you think, yeah, it makes sense that they're favored at home here. But they piled up yards against the 49ers, one of the three worst teams in the NFL. And while the Detroit ground game might be legit, last week they piled up over 200 yards against the Green Bay Packers, who are a bottom five rush defense. Mm -hmm. So 
the Detroit defense is just atrocious as well. 30th overall in the NFL. I think Seattle with Russell Wilson and that Seattle defense is going to win this game outright. So I like Seattle plus 130 here against the Lions. I love it. I think I'm going to take Seattle in the Super Contest. Now, I do want to point out, I mentioned earlier in the show that I had spoken with a sportsbook manager this morning. And this was the game that we talked about. So this was two and a half Lynch early in the week. Okay, Detroit favored by two and a half. And then it went up to three, and I'm like, geez, what are, what are people seeing? I like Detroit. I, I'm sorry, what are people seeing? I like Seattle here. So then all of a sudden, what happens Thursday morning? Money comes in on Seattle. So I talked to this sportsbook manager, and listen, the amateur gamblers may not know this. I'm sure the veterans will be like, oh, well, that's obvious. But early in the week, there are lower limits that you can bet on some of these games. So early in the week, if you are a high roller, you want to dummy up the side you don't want. So if you can get Detroit on these low limits, say, let's use, for instance, a $5,000 low limit. You can get push it up to three and then come back heavy on Thursday, heavy, 50000 100 whatever you want, on Seattle. And I, I just think that's what's happening here. And we're looking at a Seattle team that's rounding into form. Now, I know they haven't been good on the road, right? Lost to Denver, lost to Chicago, but that was early when they were beat up. If you look at what's gotten them back to winning ways, it's the run game. And, you know, their new offensive coordinator, Schottenheimer, we bag on him a lot. He is basically running the football. The offensive line is healthy. Fluker is back. And guess what Detroit's weakness is? Run defense. 26th in rushing yards allowed, 32 in rushing yards per play. That's dead last. And 30th in rushing yards allowed per game. So they went out this week, and you know they know it's an issue. They traded for Damon Harrison, a.k.a. Snacks, former Jet, who was on the Giants. They just traded for him to help that run defense because they know what's coming. A healthy dose of Carson, maybe some Rashad Penny. And when you look at the Seattle defense, Lynch, Deion Jordan's back practicing, potentially good pass rusher. K.J. Wright, their good linebacker. I love Seattle. Now, a word of concern. Seattle's three wins have come against teams that are 5-15. and 15. Does that concern you at all? Like, who have they beaten? Wins and losses don't matter to me. It's about process. It's about yards per play. Really quickly, this does come down to, I think, which team has is able to uh, g- gain more yardage on the ground. Uh, I misspoke. The, the Packers game for the Lions was two weeks ago. That was They topped 94 yards. It was against the Dolphins that they piled up 200 yards. So that's a little more impressive. But still, I think this Detroit offense is being a little bit overrated because of the defenses they've played so far. Yeah, I totally would agree with that. So we... We both like Seattle here. I mean, this is uh, is this a two-unit play for you, Lynch, or just a one-unit? No, that'll be that'll just be a one-unit play for me. But okay. I do like Seattle quite a bit. All right, so my, my other my, my money line pick, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm getting plus seventy with the better offense. I gotta go Bucks here. I know they're on the road at Cincinnati, but you know I, I I've been watching the Bengals closely because remember earlier. Miami was like a top five, top eight DVOA team. Cincinnati was also up there. Have you noticed what happened to the offense of the Bengals since Tyler Eifert went down? They were only able to score 13 against Miami. They gave up two. Def- they got two defensive touchdowns to win that game. 21 against Pittsburgh. 10 against Kansas City. So this offense, which looked great against the Falcons, they're putting up a lot of points against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. This offense has slowed down a lot. Now, John Ross, who's always hurt, the receiver from Washington, he's nicked up again. Look at who didn't practice for the Bengals Wednesday. Now, obviously, you got to monitor this as we head to Friday. 
Gio Bernard, their running back. Vontez Burfick, the dirty linebacker. And then two cornerbacks, Denard and Kirkpatrick, and another linebacker. Uh, I, I just think this is a Bengals team that's beat up. I think they're coming off an embarrassing loss. Maybe they bounce back. But Tampa Bay, give me the better offense. And a Tampa team that, listen, you maybe can build off that overtime win. They, they won two games to start the season, right? They were 2-0. and You quickly get back in the playoff hunt if you could pull off this upset. I will caution you on backing the Bucks. It is always a big sweat with Jameis Winston, that turnover machine. He's the only reason Cleveland was in that game last week. Tough to trust Winston, but I'm going with the Bucks, and I think I'm going to take him in the contest. It's very kind of you to warn people what they're in for, because it's absolutely true. So there are your money line picks. Probably a two and zero week in the money line picks. If I don't, uh, you know, sorry to get ahead of myself. I just I I like them. Lynch has Seattle. I've got Tampa. All right, we saved college football picks for last because uh, it's the only thing I've been hitting recently. My goodness. Hey, you've been hitting rock bottom, too. It's fine. Listen, I I don't like rock bottom, and uh, college football picks have been good to me. Eight and two in the last two weeks. I know if you've seen uh, producer Conrad pumping them up on the social media on Saturdays. It's so funny. Anytime you miss a game, people jump down your throat. How could you pick that side? You win four, nobody says a damn word. So here they are, Alabama on a bye. Hey, that Alabama-LSU game next week, we're probably going to have to talk about that in depth, Lynn, so get ready. It's looking like Alabama's going to be a two-touchdown favorite next week against LSU. But this week's picks, here we go. I'm starting with Iowa State, favored by three and a half. A good buddy of mine texted me two weeks ago and was like, why is Iowa State? Such a short line against West Virginia. West Virginia is undefeated. They're so much better. Iowa State beat them outright. This is a good Iowa State team. And here's the number from uh, Bear Felica. This is a great stat. Texas Tech has looked good. They're 5-2. and two. In the last four years, before they face Oklahoma, a rivalry game, they're 0-4 and 1-3 and and against the spread. I love Iowa State. Favored by three and a half. Check out their NFL running back, David Montgomery. He is very good. Iowa State favored by three and a half over Texas Tech. Next up, Missouri. Missouri, four and three. Wait a sec. They're favored by a touchdown over a ranked Kentucky team? Hmm, something smells a little fishy there. I saw producer Conrad give me that knowing nod. Hey, by the way, Missouri did cover against Georgia earlier this season at home. Somebody knows something. This is one of those games like, whoa, seven's a lot against a pretty good Kentucky team, but I'm taking Missouri and NFL quarterback Drew Locke. Next up, I'm going to go with Purdue. Now, this is a bad spot for Purdue, right? They're coming off the huge win over Ohio State. It's been a party in West Lafayette all week. They're getting one and a half at Michigan State. The only reason is because the Michigan State injuries are just unbelievable. Their quarterback is banged up. He may not play. Their top receivers hurt. Their running backs hurt. The defense is banged up. Folks, Michigan State had 94 yards of offense last week. That's it against Michigan. I've got to go with Purdue here, getting one and a half. Uh, this next game is a risky one. I'm, I'm just saying, telling you, it's risky. Iowa getting six and a half at Penn State. Penn State is struggling, and they're out of the mix for the, nas- for the national playoff. It's not happening with losses to Ohio State and Michigan State. However, Iowa has a lot to play for. They can get in that Big Ten championship game. They still can do it. I like their quarterback, Nate Stanley. He's a pro prospect. I like Iowa. Getting six and a half wouldn't be shocked by an outright upset in Happy Valley. And finally, the one team that let me down last week, Mississippi State. They're favored by two and a half at home against A&M. 
Folks, this is staggering. 86% of the public is on the road underdog at Jimbo Fisher and AM. That's because last week, what did everybody see? Mississippi State's quarterback threw for like 90 yards. Nick Fitzgerald. I mean, it was awful against LSU. But if you look closely at the box score, four turnovers killed him. LSU capitalized. I like Mississippi State to bounce back at home against Texas A&M. Give me the Bulldogs favored by two and a half. So to recap my five picks, Iowa State favored by three and a half. Missouri by seven. Purdue getting one and a half. Iowa plus 6.5. And Mississippi State favored by two and a half. Yes, folks, it's an all-Iowa weekend for your boy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the podcast for this week. I want to thank everybody for the hashtag put up or shut up games. Uh, Lynch, any parting words you want to fire away uh, before we wrap this one up? Yeah, I think it's worth hanging a lampshade on something really quickly. I don't know that either of us was very confident in these good bet, bad bet bets this week because week eight, as we've talked about before, starts to get a little tough in the NFL. Um, So I've said it before and I want to continue to say it. Take the time, do your homework. Find the bets that you really like, and they don't have to necessarily be against the spread. Look at over-unders. Look at props. Look at Use your knowledge and use your systems to get out there and find the value where you can. And every once in a while, if you're not feeling super smart, super sharp, listen. If you're a pro and you're listening to this podcast, we love you. Thank you very much. Only make smart decisions. If you're just a gambler who's trying to get in there and get a little skin in the game like we always say, like we are, we're just <laughs> trying to bet as as intelligently as we can as sports fans so get in there find a game you like bet it for you know maybe not the most expected value-based reason that's all right you know gambling is for fun it is for fun and i will say keep an eye on nfl injury reports lynch we're now seven weeks into the season we the week eight if you look at the injury reports a lot of guys are getting banged up this is a sport where injuries matter if you don't have that depth we're seeing it in philadelphia their depth last year on defense was tremendous now they got a guy on the defensive line out for the season and the secondary's pulling guys off the street if you don't have the depth and the injury reports are bad, just use that as a final factor. For Andrew Lynch, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Talk to you Monday.